by being vulnerable, we're, we're breeding connection with one another and we're influencing others then to make more connections to ripple effect. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Ashley and we are just going to keep going on here on this podcast. And thank you again for continuing to journey along as we go. So today I am joined by my beautiful friend, Liz Pestina, who is a licensed social worker and mental health therapist in Ohio, and also the fiance of Sean Ferguson, who was on here about a month ago, if you guys remember back, and he shared his story. It was incredible, but he knows how excited I am to actually be connecting with his bride-to-be, Liz. And finally, we've blocked out some time here to hop on, and I cannot wait for this conversation. So, Liz, hello, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me here. Hello, Ashley. Thank you so much. It means so much to be on here tonight. I'm just really excited to have some really fruitful conversation. For sure. I'm so excited. Again, I know you um, you have your wedding coming up here in less than a month now. So super busy season for you. So just really appreciate you being here. And it's funny because I'm I'm really proud of us, actually. (laughs) Um, We hopped on a call a few weeks ago and talked about, you know, doing this together and recording and actually jotted down a few dates that I still have in my calendar <laughs> that we thought we could work out to, uh, to record something. So here we are. Um, mm-hmm. So super pumped that, that we can make it happen. No, I think we're at the first date that we wrote down too. So this is great. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. So I'm super excited for this conversation today. Um, you and I are going to get into a little bit about the power of sharing our stories. And, you know, a lot of my heart behind the Endurance Diaries, this podcast, right, is really just to create an open space, you know, for sharing, for people to come on, share their stories and just parts of their journeys that really exemplify, you know, what I think it means to really have that internal endurance, right? So, you know, what's building within us is greater than what happens to us. So we've heard from you know, several people on here, including Sean, who has his his remarkable story of overcoming you no know, lightning strike and thriving now. And it's just crazy how stories like that can truly just impact and encourage people, inspire others. And and so that's really just a heart because, you know, we may not have had the same experiences, but there's somebody out there that I think can relate, you know, to, to stories, right. And the emotion or, or something else that's in it. So yeah, that's where I want to go with you. If you, if we could just jump into that, I want to really talk about, again, the power behind sharing the stories, but take it really a step further from a mental health perspective with you being in the field. So first, if you could just talk a little bit about, you know, your role, you know, as a social worker and therapist, and, and we can go from there. Sure. Absolutely. So like you said, Ashley, I am a licensed social worker in the state of Ohio. There are um, a lot of different ways and tracks to become a therapist that I think a general population doesn't realize, but I went the social work direction and I work with ages really right now, 12 and up. I would say my niche population is college age, just because it's such a transformative age, you know, young adults, I really feel passionately about working with them. So that, that is what I do. Um, and I see clients want 
one-to-one individual based therapy. And I guess this is relevant, just kind of background on my story with that. I always thought that I was going to be a psychologist. I got my bachelor's in psychology. I thought I was going to do research and I had a professor, I told them what my aspirations were and they looked at me and they went, you want social work? And I I actually cried (laughs) after she told me that because it was so far from what I thought my calling was to be. So what's really beautiful about this, and I can get into that a little bit more about like how um, God kind of led me down the social work track rather than going down to research is I'm really, I have the privilege of sitting with people's stories. I mean, if you think about it, therapy really is holding a space for stories and seeing the goodness in them. And I think that that is so beautiful to tap into. So um, storytelling is such a key um, instrument, you know, in the work that I do. So as far as storytelling goes, words are powerful and words are healing. Kind of like you said, Ashley, I mean, even from Sean's story or other stories that we hear, um, you might not think that your story is relevant, but you can really make an impact on other people's lives just by being vulnerable and sharing. Yeah, that's, it's so good and, and so true. And I think, I think that we all, we all want to be heard, right? Like we want our voice to be heard. We want somebody to, to sit with us and see us. And again, I think you talked about this before about, you know, validation being a buzzword, right? But it's true. We want to be seen. We want to be heard and just know that our experience, it is valid and it matters and there's purpose. So we could just speak a little bit to that. Absolutely. So yes, I mean, we, we do all have that um, longing to be heard and to be seen. I feel like God writes that on our hearts. And um, that's why as a therapist, it is such a privilege to be able to really listen to other people's stories in that way. Um, Like I said, words are powerful and words are healing. And there is evidence that shows that sharing your story does change the brain awareness actually. So if you start to have awareness over um, whether it be across your endured or struggle or something that you've gone through, it weakens the bonds of shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might have this longing to be heard, but where do you start? And, and when you start to breathe it into existence, it really defeats the shame that could be accompanied with that. So storytelling not only heals the storyteller by, you know, weakening that bond and overcoming shame, but it gives the listeners then a ripple effect to be, or to have permission then to share their story as well. So that. Yeah, I love that permission because again, it's, it's almost like someone can find freedom in that to then, you know, dig a little bit within themselves as well and find those stories that are, that, you know, are meaningful to them that are worth sharing mm-hmm. because they are, you know, it, it, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get into the whole comparison, right? We're like, well, whatever happened to me or whatever kind of story that I have in my heart, that doesn't add up to that other person, but it's like, it really does matter. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And I I feel like that actually is, it's just a lie of shame. Like when we start to compare our own story to someone else's saying, I am not worthy or mine is not enough. um, It really is kind of, I even want to go as far as say a defense mechanism that we kind of populate. And it says that, you know, what I have to say isn't important, which is just not true. Um, Yeah. And I think something that my fiance says so often, and I love it is, you know, everyone does have a story to share and your story might be the only time someone encounters Christ or some form of inspiration that you didn't even realize. Yes. Um, Because when you, when you put it in that way, it's like, whoa, especially from a faith perspective, 
you know, there's power in a person. I think about my own faith journey and just the people that have, that come into my life that I'm like, wow, like, you know, you can just experience the love of God through that person. And then it sparks something within you to just that desire, you know, to, to come to God and, and that's where it starts. And we know when we have that encounter, it changes everything. So that's Mm -hmm. so cool. and, And so true, really just really powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I mean, truly, if you think about it, like vulnerability in storytelling or even just being vulnerable with yourself about what your past story is, that's the birthplace of change. Like that, when you start there, like the foundation, that really is um, where change can occur, which again, speaking as a therapist, that's like what we love to see because when we see people finally being vulnerable or opening up about whatever their struggle or cross is, that is when things can start working and movement can start happening. For sure. As you're saying with vulnerability, sometimes it's, it's hard to get into that place. What do you think some of the biggest barriers are? to that, to really even just being vulnerable and sharing our stories. Absolutely. Yes. And there's a lot of barriers. I want to touch on just a couple. The first one's fear. And just naturally, that's like the kind of the first one that you think of is there is a, there's fear and vulnerability because you're having to open yourself. And with vulnerability comes the opportunity to experience pain because of it or hurt or rejection or whatever, you know, in our brokenness and our humanness comes about with that. So there's definitely um, fear is a huge barrier and then judgment, right? Like we we're longing to be seen. We're longing to be heard. And the opposite of that is being judged or dismissed. So with that, um, those can be some big barriers. I think another one, and one that's not as talked about as much, but I tend to see as a therapist is um, sometimes holding on to painful emotions or the shame it actually feels good. There's a little bit of an emotional addiction that can happen sometimes and holding that in, it's kind of a repetition that your brain gets used to. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons as to what stops us from being vulnerable. I'm going to put it all in a big, just, just circle of safety. Mm. When we feel unsafe, it's hard to be vulnerable when safety is insured, or we believe, you know, this person, this environment is safe. It's easier to be vulnerable in the moment. Yeah. You know, one thing that you just said there too, about that is the familiarity with it, that it's almost like this is painful, but I can almost stay here because it's familiar. And I don't know if there's even, you know, it it goes with any kind of change, right? Like there's still comfort in it, even though we know that it's, it's not ultimately helping us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You explained that so perfectly. Even good change can be painful in the moment. Um, and I, I think that holding on to that can kind of inhibit vulnerability sometimes or keep you stuck. So yeah, I think you explained that perfectly, Ashley. Yeah, that's, um, I just, I mean, I, I love kind of going here and talking about this because I, I just know from my own experience, right. And, and taking that step in vulnerability, whatever it is, is challenging. And what you're saying about the fear of rejection and judgment, like that's it. But then at the same time, there's so much power in it, right? Because it's like, if, we, if we're not vulnerable, then then how can we ultimately find that place of connection and healing? Yes. Exactly. So that's what makes it worth it, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, the opposite of vulnerability is disconnection, right? So if we are refusing to stay, or if we're refusing vulnerability of one another, we might be playing it safe. 
but we're not allowing ourselves to grow in connection with one another, right? If we're keeping our story hidden by being vulnerable, we're, we're breeding connection with one another and we're influencing others then to make more connections to ripple effect. Mm, that's so good. The possibility of connection. It's like this open door. I don't know. I just, to me, there's so much hope in that, in that you never know, right? How God is going to show up, what he's going to do and, and where that goes from there. I mean, yeah. No, so good. I mean, other people's stories can help you hear God's voice ultimately, and it can just breed healing. So I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of your wisdom in this. It, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah. So with all of that too, you know, if, if somebody's thinking, okay, well maybe I do, you know, would want to take that next step, but it's still scary. Right. And I, I do believe that, that there's wisdom in it. Right. I believe that there's wisdom in what we share and how we share who, who it is that we share it with. So what would be some of those things to consider, you know, prior to, to just opening up with some kind of personal experience in that way? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think there's a couple things we can think of to consider before we feel like it is the right time to open up with a personal experience because there is a timing um, and boundaries are important too with this. So three things to consider, and I kind of group these into the three S's to consider. So one, safety. So I talked about how kind of the opposite of vulnerability or, or what stops you from being vulnerable is if you don't feel necessarily safe. So ensuring that we're sharing, you know, there is an element of safety that you feel like this is someone you can trust. This is someone you connect with and that you feel safe yourself, you know, sharing your story, being vulnerable in that way. And the next one would be skills. So say, you know, you feel convicted, you feel called, like, I want to share whatever my, my story is with another person. I'm ready to be vulnerable in this way, making sure you have some skills to fall back on, um, which can also be achieved in therapy, just figuring out how to cope with it, especially if it's the first time you shared something that's a pretty heavy cross for you or a struggle, what skills are you going to use to be able to um, cope and just get yourself through that? And then the next one would be self-validation. So we've talked so much about um, validating experiences. How can you validate yourself and not sink into shame? So how can you validate your experience? So safety, how can you, um, or who can you trust skills? What can you do to keep yourself grounded and self-validation? How can you uh, squash any shame that might be associated with your story? For sure. I think one thing that, that kind of stands out to me, I'm just speaking for myself in this way, that I can find myself just judging myself coming into this place of like, I don't know, you just kind of you judge, you can judge your own experience, and then you judge your emotion that you attach to that experience. So I do think in general, like when we go through certain things too, of being kind to ourselves, showing ourselves self-compassion, whatever it is that we're going through, even before we even get to a point of sharing of just like, Hey, if we are going through something, it's important to realize the emotion that we feel, right? Like it's not, it's not good or bad. It just is. And I think it's important to acknowledge it for what it is. And that's why comparison too, it doesn't work. If, if you're in a dark place or if someone else is in a dark place, it's still dark, you know, regardless mm -hmm. of what it actually is, it's mm -hmm. still dark. And so that matters. And it's, you know, it's worthy of paying attention to. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I love that you said emotion, not good or bad. It just is. And I think that is something that is so 
important to really sink into where our emotions are written on our hearts for a reason. And there isn't a good or a bad emotion. There's just an emotion that's communicating something to your body. What you choose to do with that emotion is so vital. So if we're feeling shame or hardship or grief or sadness, you know, it's really easy to to sink into just um, negative emotions because you're experiencing a negative emotion, right? So um, taking the value off of the emotion and just saying, I am feeling this, um, especially when you are storytelling or sharing um, is so, is so good. It's so crucial. And it's going to help you with self-validation throughout that process. Yeah. It almost feels like more freeing then to, when, you know, when we take that off, it kind of takes the pressure off then to be able to share, to see it as like, yeah. And I think it gives you ownership of your story too, because if you're allowing the emotions to run you and run your story, it's easier to sink into that. And I'm using shame a lot. That's just kind of the example I'm using, but it could be any emotion. It allows you to get stuck. So it allows you to own, you know, whatever your story is by then not getting stuck in whatever perhaps a negative emotion might be associated to it. Yes. Because when you own it, it's like there's that's where the power is, right? Mm. In your story. Like the power is there. Like let's own it because Mm, nobody can take it from you. And it becomes then a gift then whenever we do share. It's like, and again, it doesn't doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be received by it's not going to be received by, by everyone. Right. It may not even be received by one person, but here's the thing is the possibility that it could is like, that's what makes it worth it. Because as we kind of looping back to the beginning, that there's possibility that it could impact somebody else, encourage somebody else, inspire somebody else in ways that we have no idea. And then it's that ripple effect. That's so crazy. I think. Yeah. And that's endurance, actually, just like going back to your mission um, of your incredible podcast, like that is true endurance by fighting through whatever negative emotion you have, owning, taking ownership over your story, um, sharing your story. And I think it's also notable to say, I'm kind of going at this angle of like maybe a hardship or something that might have a negative emotion attached to it, like shame or grief or something. It doesn't have to be that. It can be a, a joyful story too, but taking full ownership over it, that is where seeds are planted for others. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. There's so much possibility there again. And it helps us, I think, to, to truly see each other more and go connect on a deeper level with each other because Mm -hmm. there's so much there. There's so much substance and beauty in a person. And when we take the time to sit down with somebody and like actually listen it's like, whoa, that's crazy. It's so, yeah, there, there's so much more within us than we realize. Mm-hmm. And we can learn so much about ourselves, about other people. And I think it expands our capacity, right? To love. And ultimately it's like, dang, I want to look like, Je- I want to be like Jesus. Like, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. There, that's but- so awesome. That's beautiful. Now, I, I think it kind of goes back to what we said in the beginning of we're longing to be heard. We're longing to be seen and listened to. And there is evidence that shows like in the brain or brain chemistry being listened to kind of, it populates the same chemicals as feeling loved. So when you're listening to somebody, you're loving them truly on a chemical level. And that's, that's so powerful. It's so awesome. So powerful. I want to be a better listener. I was going to say, me too. We can all, we can all, we can all, even 100%. 100%. 100%. Wow. This has been so good. I just, yeah. Thank you again for, for everything that you shared so far. I just have one more question or so I'd love to go to. 
And that is just kind of taken more on a, on a little bit of a personal side here. Again, you know, we talked about Sean, your fiance, his incredible story, but I wanted to ask you too, of just another story in your life, again, whether from a friend or, or stranger, whatever it is that you could just recall that has had significant impact and what about it, you know, made it so powerful for you? Sure. Yes. So of course, Sean's story is, is a good one, but I will pick another one. Um, <laughs> so I went back and forth on this question, Ashley, cause we talked about this question before, and I kind of have two examples of, I was trying to think in my life, it's like, okay, what are two profound examples that kind of help me hear God's voice more? It's kind of the angle that I took it. And mm. again, it's a blessing to hear people's stories every day. Um, and I think, I think I have a lot of stories in my head just from working with clients, which is, which is a gift. Um, the two things that stand out to me is probably the first time I experienced storytelling in a vulnerable way back in college through a retreat called Lighthouse. Um, Sean and I actually, he led my Lighthouse and we were on the same team together, which was a blessing. And during this retreat, there's like four talks and the people that speak up there do get very personal and very vulnerable. So I use that as an example. There were many different talks that were given, but for it, it taught me the importance of that. I just, I feel like my eyes were so opened and so many things came from that. Just understanding relationship with Christ a little bit more. I don't know if I totally understood like what that meant until that retreat. So that's my first example of kind of seeing what vulnerable storytelling really looks like and how it influences and how it helps other people feel loved and heard and discover just more about themselves. A personal story that I heard that has sat with me, it must've been 2020, Lent in 2020, I think it was last year that um, I watched The Passion for the first time. Before I watched The Passion, um, Jim Caviezel gave a talk at SLS 2019, I believe it was. And Sean actually went to that and it's on YouTube and we listened to it. And his conviction just moved me. I mean, on a faith level, on just like a, I want to like fight for Christ level. It was just like a crazy story about like where, like where he got his conviction and acting and kind of how he's following Christ now. And it really kind of reminded me of my conviction of being a therapist and how I really do feel like it's a calling. Um, so his story just, it just sat with me. I kept it on my phone forever. Cause I was just like, this is so powerful. And it just shows you never know how, you know, your tail's gonna influence somebody else. Um, and I think the takeaway is like, if you listen, God's going to use you and other people's stories can help you hear God's voice and God's calling for you. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. It's, it really is so powerful. And I think too, the, the stories, it's almost like it creates memories that we go back to in a way. And I feel like that's God creating these memories for us to go back to just how you were saying of like, not even so much remember one. I think sometimes it's like remembering his faithfulness in certain stories that you can see in other people, of like how he's shown up and, and what he's done and how he's moved that then can move you. But again, it's just, it is these seeds as well, where you go back and you can kind of make those connections to where you are now. And even just you're saying like in your purpose and in what you're doing is so cool. I guess it's, it's so, yeah, it really, really is. That's awesome. I like that you said seeds. I think that's another good way to talk about how storytelling can be transformative and um, promote endurance in life as it really does plant these seeds throughout like, you know, different chapters of your life. And you might go back to a story that you heard, like 
in a class or maybe like at the grocery store or something that maybe the person doesn't realize that it impacted you. And there's all these tiny seeds that are planted through that. Yes. You never know. You really never know. And again, I think that's why it's so important to continue to show up, right? It's not about my story matters if somebody else responds to it, right? If somebody else says something and comments on it or say whatever it is, sometimes we get that validation based on, you know, we validate our stories based on how another person receives it, but no, the power is actually showing up and, and sharing because we really don't know. We really don't know. God does. And he's, and I think when we, you know, when we just walk in that obedience and it's like, all right, this is on my heart. I'm just going to show up and share. It's like, he can do crazy things, you know? Absolutely. So well said, Ashley. <laughs> this is awesome. I love this. I appreciate you so much. And I do have actually, you know, I have one more question, one more question, because I was thinking about this and I think too, it just kind of just goes on the whole, uh, just the theme of the podcast, right. Of just that internal endurance, right. And those things that are, that are building within us that really matter. And I really believe that we all have it, right. We all have it within us. We all have that courage within us and, and storytelling oftentimes is uh, a step of courage, a step of trust in a way that it's okay to, to share this, but let's just take a step aside from, from that and just talk about a time where you were scared to do something, but you did it anyway. Yes. That's such a great, and what did you learn in that? No, that's such a, such a great question. Um, so the first thing that comes to my mind is definitely, So for my master's um, in social work, I went to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. And this kind of goes back to what I started with in the first question when I said, I thought I was going to like, you know, be a psychologist and do research. And I just made up that plan for myself. And, you know, I didn't really sink into like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So long story short, just like listening to God's call and a couple of people along the way, showing me messages that this was what he wanted. I moved to Knoxville uh, by myself after graduation and going to the University of Dayton. It's a pretty tight knit community. So I went from having so many friends and like community around me to just this place. And I didn't know anybody. Um, then a couple times I, my family and I go to Tennessee often, but ultimately didn't really have anyone in Knoxville. So it was a yes to God and it was terrifying. And there, and I think it's important to note too, that even if you are called to do something and you're convicted, there can still be suffering, right? Like if you're suffering, it doesn't necessarily mean this isn't for you. And I definitely experienced some hardship of being, feeling that loneliness and being alone there. So I think it's so important to know that like suffering and endurance, they really go hand in hand. And the difference is like, is it a conviction? Is it a calling? So scared to go to Knoxville, went to Knoxville. It was a blessing to be there. It without a doubt led me to where I'm supposed to be today. So um, to answer your question, Ashley, that was it. It was the move to Knoxville. It was saying yes to God in that way. It was trusting that's what he wanted. I also literally almost transferred my first semester because I missed my community. So um, again, just suffering and, and endurance go hand in hand and making sure you're listening to God along the way is so important. <laughs> It's so awesome. It really is because I think there's so much resistance there sometimes in these things of like, nope. And we can think of all the reasons why not. Yeah. It's not always comfortable. It's not always just I'm ready or there's any kind of like, sometimes it is just 
saying yes to God and trusting just in, in, in scripture, right? With Abraham, where it's like, he doesn't know where he's going, but he just, he trusts him. God is so faithful. I love yeah. that. Thank you so much for sharing and, and for your time. This has really been so awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that we could hop on here and do this. And I know that it's super, a super busy season for you guys getting ready for your wedding in just a few weeks. So it really means a lot that you would, you would take some time and, um, and do this. It really, really means a lot. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. No, this was an honor to be on here, Ashley. I love all the work that you're doing. You're by you doing this podcast, you're giving people the ability to share stories and change lives. So that's really incredible. Thank you so much. And too, I just want to say before we wrap up here, you have an amazing podcast mission, mind, and heart. If you could just share with that, with our listeners here, um, they could go and, and, and hear more from you. Oh, that's, that's very sweet. Thank you for that. Yes. So me and another, um, Catholic therapist, Lisa Gormley, we do run mission mind and heart. We're on a little hiatus right now. So we're hoping to get launched back in January, 2022. Um, but we really just have conversations about faith and mental health and different, we have different themes that we go over. So more to come in 2022 with that. We're hoping to have some guest speakers come on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super exciting and we hope to relaunch here in the new year. You are amazing. You're amazing. And, um, I'm truly grateful to, to call you my friend. So really feel just really thankful. So thank you so much for, for being here and doing this. Of course. Thank you so much, Ashley. It's been great.